Bandwidth for Erotic Awakening podcast is made possible by wickedlyinword.com. Crafting erotic greeting cards to let your lover know just how aroused they make you feel. Wickedly newer cards of exceptional quality, erotic, and fetish images with the perfect expression of the lust you feel. Go to wickedlynoir.com for the perfect adult-themed greeting card. <laughs> Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. Every Thursday, your hosts, Dan and Dawn, share with you their experience and insights on kink, power exchange, and erotic life, as well as bring you interviews with exciting people from various lifestyles. Then every Monday, you'll hear from our various guest hosts, these nationally known educators bring a variety of experience to the mics and share with you an ever-increasing diverse world of alternative life. Erotic Awakening is intended for mature audiences. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Dan. 149 episodes in, and we still managed to fuck that one up. <laughs> Royally. <laughs> but we'll give it another try. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, we do want to thank wickedlynoir.com cards one last time. That is the, um, they've been um, assisting the podcast, paying for our bandwidth for the last couple episodes. Yes. And that is the end. We will hear from them, but thank you very much. Uh, fans of the podcast, please head over to their, to their website and at least go look at the cards. Mm-hmm. And for that matter, send Dawn a card. Ooh. Or send George a card. What do we care? <laughs> so about a, a couple episodes ago, we did a question of the day about service top. We did. And we got some feedback from some of our listeners saying, well, you missed this and you should have talked mm-hmm. about that. And it definitely tops can do it. And But fortunately, we ran into uh, Lady Elsa and boy Chris. Mm-hmm. And we run into them at events all the time. And sometimes they're teaching. Sometimes yeah. they're just there at events with us but we don't really get a chance to just sit and chit mm-hmm. chat with them either so it's usually a high in passing and recognition and yeah things like that well as it happens they have a class that uh, lady elsa teaches called service topping as a spiritual practice mm-hmm. and uh, i tell you it very much went from us interviewing to them to thus them teaching me something important that I needed to learn for myself. Oh, absolutely. I know I was taking notes too because a lot of it was um, resonating, resonating very loudly. Yeah. So, um, and there's a lot more to it than I thought there was going to be. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I would recommend sticking around for that and we'll bring that interview in a little bit. But before we get there, um, we made it back from Kinky College. We did. We did. <laughs> That's a long drive from Chicago, but it was nice. It, it was, was nice. a. Uh, it was an easy drive too. It was an easy drive, and we usually say we're going to head out right after the last twelve-step meeting on Sunday, and we usually do try to make a point to do that. But when we're able to do that, that means we sneak out. Yeah. And this time we didn't get a chance to sneak out because there was people wanting last-minute books. Which is so, nice. <laughs> it, was, it was very nice. So it was a little while before we got on the road. And there was a lot of people wanting to just chit-chat. Mm-hmm. And um, and we didn't feel like leaving, for that matter. I know. Well, I love that event. I love the people that go there. Mm-hmm. I love the people that put it on. We always feel right at home. You know, and well, the classes, we usually get a really good turnout with the classes. And this time it's like, oh, my God. So uh, people that listen to the podcast realize that Dawn and I have been doing the presenting thing for quite a while now. Yeah. And um, a couple, and we've done hundreds and hundreds of presentations mm-hmm. and workshops at this point. And yet when I walked into the class, our second class where we did sensual humiliation. Um, I thought maybe the previous class hadn't let out yet or something because we were we were good Seven minutes early. <laughs> yeah. And there was a good 40 people in there already. Mm-hmm. And um, by the time the class, uh, 10 minutes into the class, when they do the counts, we had 73 people in there. It was mm-hmm. standing room only. and um, Or sitting in the floor room or only. It was a combination. Yes. So. Uh, just a fan. And it went, went very well. Mm-hmm. People were very engaged and interacting. It was just a ton of fun. It was great. Though I did think it was cute when they came in to take the head count. And you told everybody, puff up, puff up. And everybody's like, where? <laughs> there was no room to puff up. <laughs> and, and, you know, one of the things that I, I want to mention really quickly is uh, the very first class we did, which was Living MS, um, 
So as a presenter, sometimes you people come to your presentations with their own agenda. Mm-hmm. And we had a situation, and I don't want to say it's a situation, that sounds negative, but someone came to the class with a particular agenda. Uh, yeah, they were a little distressed. It wasn't about yeah. us. It was their own personal stuff. And uh, fortunately, they stuck around, and we had the opportunity to interact with them a little bit during the event. Mm-hmm. And they ended up leaving with a an open and more open mind. Yes, and by the time they left the event on Sunday... Um, master and slave had smiles on their faces. Yeah. It, it was nice. So they, they got a lot of benefit from going to that event. So, um, and, and we're big fans of going, you know, checking out these big events. And you don't have to go to as many events as we do, but um, it can be maybe not life-changing. Maybe that's a little drastic, but it can certainly be eye-opening to oh, attend absolutely. some of these events. Absolutely. Um, little pearls of wisdom to help us on our way. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> And we have a uh, we have a question of the day. We have um, a little bit of feedback to talk about. We have mm-hmm. some things going on. But my problem is, or my question is, does George have more friends than I do on FetLife now? <laughs> it seems like it recently. So I got poked the other day and someone said, um, George hasn't accepted my friend request. So I had to get on George. You know, he had to at least log into his account. And yeah, he's getting quite a few. Well, that's good. <laughs> uh, George is open to being friended. Of course, you cannot play. You cannot count George as a play partner. And on FetLife, you can count people as friends or play mm-hmm. partners or this or that. <laughs> you can only call him a play partner if you've actually played with him. So there have been a couple of uh, people raising their hands, though, wanting to, yes. <laughs> to become play partners. <laughs> uh, we did want to thank you uh, really quickly for... Um, <coughs> Speaking of FetLife, Vampire Slave sent us a quick love the podcast, mm-hmm. and we very much always appreciate that. And um, <laughs> we got someone a... sent you a tentacle plant, according yes, to my notes? Yes, I've so, not seen this tentacle plant yet. Uh, I'll wait till you hit the link. So Lisa77 from Twitter sent me a link to an Etsy which is, what's that? The craft is the yeah. crafty site, right? Yeah, yeah. Etsy.com. And that's what it is. It's a tentacle. I, I guess it's a ceramic. I think it's ceramic or resin, but it's growing in a planter. And it's just a tentacle coming out of like moss <laughs> in a planter. I wonder if it'd be fun to do a podcast for kinky crafters. Oh, probably just, so. Just, you know, uh, have a whole podcast dedicated to people that do kinky crafts. That would be neat, though that's a visual thing, but I think. With enough links, we could figure that out. Maybe. It is kind of a visual yeah. thing, isn't it? <laughs> and I'm not ready to do the visual podcast, body, audio, um, video cast yet. Oh, I bet that would be fun. But you know what? I did. See, whenever you think something is fun, it's fun for you, but it's technological <laughs> it's, it's more, torture it's more for me. work for you. But I just thought about the visual. Um, we just came across my um, interview... Oh, that is now right, made right, it to right, video, right. and for some reason, it's, uh, what is it, reality radio? Yes. And um, I was interviewed, God, it was back in August, and I kept looking in the archives, and there was no audio archive of it, mm-hmm. but I ended up finding it under the video archive. So though I'm not on video, the person interviewing me is. And that was kind of a, a Christian and a Jew and a Buddhist and a pagan walk into a bar sort of thing? Exactly, exactly. So it was um, kind of like religion and sacred sex, basically. As a, as a radio interview. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it was actually pretty neat. Well, very cool. Uh, and I actually put that link up on our on the Erotic Awakening website. We'll put it up again on the show notes for this episode. Sweet. Um, if you would like your Etsy stuff on this episode, <laughs> you're fucked. <laughs> for this episode. For this but... episode. But future episodes, yes. you can be unfucked. Uh, you could write us at Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. Or you can Twitter us at Dan and Dawn. One word. You follow us on Twitter? Yeah. Awesome. Tweet us, tweet us, follow us on Twitter. <laughs> Why not? Uh, there's all kinds of ways you can contact us and where we will be presenting past podcast episodes and other stuff at www.eroticawakening.com. Sweet. I feel like we say that every week. I think we do. And people keep using it, so I guess we should keep saying it. <laughs> that works. Uh, uh, Goddess Anne and Anne's toy wanted us to uh, remember that. So here's something that would be fun to do: the smart fetish 
Fetish Flea is coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know when that is? That is actually the same weekend that we are going to be in St. Louis, which is why we're not able to go, which oh. is November 18th through November. No, it would have to be Saturday night, I believe. So that would be November 19th. Okay. So um, the uh, Smart Fetish Flea is going to be happening. Uh uh, Goddess Anne and Anne's toy will be teaching a CBT class. That's not Ooh. computer-based training. <laughs> and um, a fine fellow, Min, from the Leather Rose Association in Chicago will be there to teach as well. As well as some bootbacking classes and some other stuff going on. Uh, it's, there's like five, fifteen bucks for three classes and a play party. That's uh, not bad. Can't beat that. No. So if you are in the Cleveland area, you can find that by doing a search for the Smart Fetish Flea on the FetLife. Ooh, sounds like fun. And and Smart is our secondary, is our home away from home group. And they've mm-hmm. always been most generous. I mean, incredibly generous, incredibly yes. nice to us and been very supportive of everything we do. Mm-hmm. And... Um, uh, we would very much appreciate it if podcast listeners go out there and support them as well. As a matter of fact, one of the neater things that has happened to us is one of our podcast listeners from Italy. Yes. Oh, that's right. Came to the one of the uh, Kinko de Mayo, which is mm-hmm. Smart's once a year big event. Right. Happened to be in the United States for some reason, so came to that event. So we got to meet them and... That was uh, that's great. A very, very neat situation. <laughs> they got to get their play on. <laughs> they, did I tell you the story about that, by the way? I don't remember. About when he was given a ride home back to the airport? <gasps> Why does that sound familiar? Oh, oh I'll tell you later. that sounds familiar. <laughs> that sounds very familiar. I think I remember that. <laughs> so um, that is not something I will tell on the podcast. But uh, if you no podcast. Need to out him. <laughs> no. But if podcast listener, if you are ever on the. Uh, sitting with us at a coffee shop somewhere and remind me and, and hope I don't know if that fellow from Italy is still listening in which case he can quickly write us and say no shut the fuck up or yes tell everyone it was fantastic or I have no fucking clue what you're talking about it's an urban myth um, and if you are uh, not going there then maybe you'll go to other places you can um, see us at a variety of places in the next just the next couple of shit right yeah fuck. in the next three weeks apparently in November we're busy <laughs> And this is a very good one because on November 12th, it looks like we'll be in Akron, Ohio um, for the Purple Rose Society. Right. And then immediately, the next day, somehow we make it to Columbus, Ohio, where we'll be uh, teaching at the National Leather Association, Columbus. Mm-hmm. Now, I love the class we're going to be teaching at PRS, at Which Purple one Rose Society. Using Power Exchange to Bring Out Your Slut. That should go right along Woo. with the little book that we just published, Absolutely. Sex Stories and Power <laughs> And then at NLA, they want us to talk about, they've really supported us in our um, our title run and everything else that we've been doing. So they want us to talk about our experience as title holders and what it's like to be in the leather community and things like that. So and that should be interesting. Absolutely. Uh, as a, on, a, on a two double side note, so mm-hmm. apparently fuck the notes. <laughs> uh, a... Um, we went to the Columbus Mast meeting last night, yes. and Shane from Trans Ohio did yes. a fantastic presentation on uh, trans and trans people and rights for trans people and what it's like to be a trans people person. Mm-hmm. Uh, just uh, tra- Shane is a fantastic speaker. Yes. So if you and and does uh, speaks for the Salvation Army and uh, corporate events, and he's been at a couple Fortune 50 companies that I'm aware of, uh, teaching about uh, the trans experience and law and all that kind of stuff. Um, so that was very cool. Had a good time with that. But also at the, end, at the Columbus Mast meeting, uh, one of our house members, a Mr. Sherry, earned, received her first piece of earned, earned leather. leather. Yay. And, uh, <laughs> It was a fantastic experience for me. Uh, Sherry is somebody that I mentor, and as a mentor, uh, I'm kind of a dick. I, <laughs> I really push people that if you're going to use the title, then it should have a purpose. Right. This is just for me and for people I mentor, right? Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck what you do. I don't really care. <laughs> Go on to Fet Life and um, call yourself master of the universe for all I care. But- <laughs> Matter to me one way or the other. But if I'm going to mentor you, then I'm going to hold you to some standards. And uh, Sherry's been um, working hard to uh, be 
the person that I believe she can be and has been reaching out to the community and doing a lot of cool stuff well, as she's, she's done over the last 10 years. I was, I mean, yeah, she, she's been um, part of the, gosh, the power exchange community and the kink community around here for a very long time. I mean, 12 years ago when we first jumped in, mm-hmm. she was around. Mm-hmm. So, and has done great things and supported a lot of people. So, very well earned. Yay! Yes. So, quite the pleasure for me to uh, have given Sherry her first piece of earned leather. So, and it was nice doing it in front of other power exchange people. Yeah, yeah. And, so and, and you know, Columbus great. Mast is pretty new to the area. The Columbus chapter is. So, mm-hmm. um, but it felt like the right place to do that. And I'm glad that it happened the way it did. And we had some house members there. So, the support was always great. Yep, absolutely. Um, so, oh, you know, I go circling back for just a moment. So, oh, Dean and Dawn, you're always doing shit in Ohio. You're always doing shit in Illinois. <laughs> We're not in Ohio or Illinois. When are you going to come out to, oh, I don't know, St. Louis? <laughs> well, if that's hopeful. <laughs> oddly you think enough, really people are really... <laughs> that'd be fucking stunning, wouldn't it? If somebody said, wow, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> Um, we will be in St. Louis for the event called Spanksgiving yes. on November 18th, 19th, and 20th. And they are at their absolutely last call. Last few places for attendees, uh, almost sold out. And they may they be closing registration any moment now. Um, always have a good time at Spanksgiving. Absolutely. And uh, again, as we always say, if you're new... If you've never been to one of these events before, and uh, you think maybe this, maybe I'd like to go, but I don't know anybody, mm-hmm. uh, you know us. Exactly. And we'll bring George. Yes, we'll bring George. Yay! So you'll know two of us and get to meet a third. There you go. He hasn't spoke up much on the podcast. He just kind of <laughs> talked about. <laughs> I have some audio of George actually. Uh... If you'd like me to play it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just heard something in the background. I don't know if that was George or not. <laughs> funny if it was do you know why because it said it's your turn now it did say that yes um and um oh yeah 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 so uh, boy we still got that so don i have a question for you yes sir it happens to be the question of the day Ooh. okay don yes at what point did you lose your self-identity as a slave Ooh, interesting question. So, and this was actually asked to us in person. So I was kind of uh, taken aback a little bit because it's like lose my self identity as a slave. Okay, well, I could see why people would ask that, I guess, if they're not really familiar with what slavehood entails. So, mm-hmm. and to me, my answer, I wasn't able to answer it directly. But with all the stories that we told, I think they finally understood what I, was, what I would have said if I had answered directly. And directly is that I didn't lose my self-identity when I became a slave. As a matter of fact, it enhanced my identity. You know, by taking away the, the power struggle that's in most relationships, I was mm-hmm. actually able to look at who I was use that energy that I would have used in a power struggle and instead internalize that energy and look at who I am and embrace it. So it actually empowered me when I became a slave. So, I mean, I surrendered, you know, my spiritual path started when I started on this power exchange journey. Mm -hmm. So I learned how to surrender spiritually. I learned how to surrender to the universe. I learned how to surrender to you. I learned how to surrender to the process that is life. I've learned how to surrender to what the universe has in store for me. I mean, by being able to do that, I was able to find my own seat of power. So since becoming a slave, I've become a priestess. I've become licensed clergy. I've become a mentor in the lifestyle. I've become a Reiki master. You know, I just, it's actually provided a huge opportunity for me. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I think the the funny thing is that the question itself is flawed Mm -hmm. in that the assumption of the question is that when you become a slave, your will and self are subjugated. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, when you were you became my slave, prior to being my slave, you were not your authentic self. You were right. the construction 
that you had to create to deal with the reality that you lived in. Mm-hmm. Um, and what society said and, I should uh, yeah, be as well. Right. Mm-hmm. So by becoming my slave, you were able to, um, I don't want to sound quiche, but to free yourself mm-hmm. and become that authentic person um, that you hoped to, to be. And hopefully in the negotiation phase early in the relationship you've got you both have some clues where who each other is going to become and who you want to be right Right. so that helps to just become that person and i think some people believe that as a master you kind of step on me and squelch me Mm -hmm. and make me be obedient right when instead i want to be obedient and i want to serve and you help uplift me. You know, if you think that me going to school, well, look at this, I'm finishing my degree mm-hmm. finally. So if this is beneficial to me, you're very supportive of this. So as my master, and that's the best place I can be. So I found myself. <laughs> I didn't lose myself. I found myself. I think that's a fantastic answer. Thank you. I know. Now it's time to sniffle. Yes. Um, If you would like to hear us sniffle, you can rate us on iTunes. (laughs) You can tweet about us. You can like us on Facebook. And let me go back to iTunes for a moment. You can rate us on iTunes. Yes. If you have not rated us on iTunes yet, it is because you have been very busy. And I appreciate being busy. Ooh. do you know where, come on? Yeah. Because I have no fucking clue where I was going with that. Oh, um, but there's a, another place they can rate us. Where's that? We have one more day. If people are going to be listening to this on Thursday, Thursday is the last day to vote for us on the podcast awards. And then we will tell people how we did or did not do. Exactly. And then we are under the... Uh, Mature category on the podcastawards.com. Very cool. Yay. Um... And finally, before we get into our topic of the day, we wanted to say welcome back to Maui Kink. They Yay. are back from their little hiatus and ready to start selling rope again and all kinds of goodness like those paddles that I used on you recently. I bet you they were out surfing. I bet they were. <laughs> um, and that leads us to our primary topic, service topping as a spiritual practice. And I don't know that I have a whole lot to say about this that isn't being said in the interview. And it's a fantastic mm-hmm. conversation we have with Lady Elsa and uh, boy, Chris, and um, yeah, I don't know. It's so eye-opening for me. Mm-hmm. It's and for me, this is part of the. And I think I talk about this in the interview, so I won't go on about it too much right now. But it's part of the journey for me that began with when we were on Lee's podcast, and the the topic was just say yes, mm-hmm. and um, developing that. And this is the next step of that. Uh, so. Well, exactly. But see, I also see this as a journey that that we've been taking for a very long time. To me, what Lady Elsa and Boy Chris are talking about is the essence of Kadishti. You know, this is they may not use the terminology. They they may not even be aware of the word, but mm-hmm. to me that that this is the essence, you know, doing for others and allowing yourself to be led by the universe. Mm-hmm. So what, and whatever higher power or fo- guiding force, you know, you may call that or whatever, but. Oh, absolutely. In the sacred sexuality realm, we easily see this type of thing. Mm-hmm. But for us, for you and I, at least in the BDSM, I, it now transforms into service topping. Right. And it takes a little bit of a leap for me to make that connection, or at least it did. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of neat because I've talked about service topping before and about how I've been drawn to that. And God, I think when we talked to Mistress Simone, yeah. oh yeah, what was that? Two summers ago. Mm-hmm. And she's a pro dom A. And I was actually going to talk to her and it actually thought about asking her to train me because I had, had been given a little bit of thought to thinking about pro doming. Because it was a way to service top. And I saw it as a gift to the people that would come to me. But I also figured out that I'm really not good at it. Mm -hmm. You know, if they told me exactly what they wanted, (laughs) 
I can do it, but I don't know that I'm creative enough. I don't have a lot of that topping energy. Though the few times I have topped, there there have been a few successful times. Mm -hmm. When I co-top with you, I'm very successful. Mm -hmm. There's been a couple of times, and on one hand, that it's been very successful when I've tried it. And there's been a number of times, on the other hand, (laughs) that it's not been successful. So just the energy-wise, but it's very... Very interesting to Mm -hmm. me. I would love to give this a try. (laughs) There's no reason you can't. Apparently we have a lot of opportunities coming up. Mm -hmm. But uh, let's listen to Boy Chris and Lady Elsa and have them describe a little bit more about it. And on a side note, Boy Chris, no. (laughs) You cannot flog me. (laughs) I don't think. Maybe. (laughs) So, Don... Uh, recently on one of our episodes, we were asked, what is a service top? And we really had a half-ass answer. Yeah. So we had to bring in an expert. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> so today on the podcast, we are joined by Lady Elsa and Boy Chris. And uh, Lady Elsa, one of the presentations you do is service top as a spiritual practice. And so we grabbed you from the hallway and brought you in and wanted to ask you about that. Thanks for being on the podcast, guys. Thanks for having us. So, um, and it's really neat, just so now that I've done that part, Mm -hmm. we've known you guys for a long time now. Mm -hmm. We've run into you at different events and that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. Um, We saw you win your titles. You did? (laughs) Did you see the step-down thing, too? We loved the step-down thing, and (laughs) and and loved that. I've actually told the story of that. Loved that. Oh, good. (laughs) It was with you guys. And so currently, you're you're involved in NLA Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. What are you guys doing there? Just hanging out? Um, I'm the president. Oh. <laughs> Been doing that for a couple of years. I'm going to be stepping down in um, April. Uh-huh. Um, we do some great things there. We have parties every other month. Um, the months that we don't have parties, we have educational demos and dinners. Um, for a long time, we ran a spirituality and BDSM group through NLA Indianapolis. Um, that's defunct right now. Okay. Um, what else do we do in Indianapolis? We have a charity once a year. So poker the last game. couple of years, it's been a poker tournament. And nice. the money mm-hmm. goes to things like the Leather Hearts Foundation or the Damien Center, which is a food bank for AIDS patients there in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Um, and some other charities. that We choose a different charity every year. Um, and then we also have a lending library. That's what I do. I'm the librarian. It's currently in the trunk of my car. But it's, uh, <laughs> it's this giant tub of books. And if you go to our website, there's a list of all the books. And somebody can click on them, and there's links that go to Amazon and tell you what they are and who wrote them. In fact, a lot of the authors are downstairs right now mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. all those books. And that would but, be uh, NLA, Indianapolis.com. Yes, okay. yes, thank you. Um, yeah, so I just bring the books to them, and so they basically run the library out of the trunk of my car. Yay! But there's probably 100 titles or more. Wow. So it's too heavy, and that's why it's in the trunk of my car. It's too heavy to, to pull out and look around places. <laughs> okay. I've also sense. been really involved um, in Andromeda, which is a group that I co-founded with my previous partner. Uh, it's a group in Indianapolis for women and trans folk, mm-hmm. and it has parties every other month, um, various activities, cookouts, things like that, all yeah. for women. Nice. Yeah. So between stuff. the two of those organizations, we keep pretty busy. And between that, you do a lot of presenting as well. Oh, yeah. We do. We present a lot. We have been very lucky. Um, about two years ago, I decided, since I'm a professional educator by trade, um, I thought I looked at the community and thought, well, what could I do? Well, I can teach, <laughs> but I was really struggling for things to teach because I was painfully aware that I didn't know as much about a lot of these topics as the people <laughs> who were presenting them. Um, so I went on a couple-year mission to figure out how I could fit into that, and fortunately, we've gotten some great breaks. Um, people who were Recruiting presenters for some great events have decided mm-hmm. to take a chance on us. Mm-hmm. Nice. And in fact, our first um, presenting event was right here at Kinky College. Oh, that's good. Nice. It was. Nice. Yeah. Um, we were grateful that Master Z was willing to take a chance on mm-hmm. some unknown presenters. And since then, we've been getting some great opportunities. Great. Fantastic. Great. All right. Enough foreplay. 
First off, you're going to have to rescue me from our previous so previous question of the day. What is a service top? And me and Don kind of waffled with, well, I think it's this, and this is what I think it is, and, yeah, and we I, do this, and we do that. I know a couple of people have told me what they think service topping is and how they do it, but it's only been like two or three people. You know, mm-hmm. um, some of the research I did actually um, seemed a little derogatory mm-hmm. with the term, and but you know, in person, it, it wasn't presented like that at all, and they really didn't have the words for it, so I kind of made up my own words. (laughs) Well, there's different levels of it, Um, and I have heard the term used both derogatorily and Mm -hmm. not. Um, Master Skip does a workshop about um, from compassion, or from control to compassion, where he talks about um, that's not a service top to Mm -hmm. have compassion for the bottom. Mm Um, and he uses that as if service top were something he didn't want to be. Okay. Um, as and I think a lot of people do see it that way that a service top is somehow a weaker top because you know, they're, you're catering to the bottom yeah. somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Master Z of Dallas, when he was doing his L A and M interview, he described himself as a service top. Mm-hmm. And that was very gratifying to me because that's how I describe myself. And to hear someone of his stature and respect describe themselves that way felt wonderful. And so during the question and answer time, I ask, I raise my hand and ask him, what exactly are you in service to? Right. And he gave this great answer. He said that a few years ago, he would have said, I'm in service to the community. Mm-hmm. But now... He said, I'm in service to the universe or to God. Mm-hmm. And that fits so closely with my feelings about it. That when I say I'm a service top, I am in service to the higher good. I'm in service to the spirit of God or love coming through me and going to the bottom for the benefit of the bottom. Mm-hmm. I'm not in service to the bottom's individual wants in that moment. Okay. Okay. Nice. So, so you are, I mean, you are a mistress, master. How do you identify on um, that level? I identify as a dominant, as but a dominant. my boy calls me lady. Okay. okay. So <clears throat> as, and then you are also a service top because the way I'd heard it before was that the ones that I described to me before was that they are bottoms mm-hmm. being a service top. Mm-hmm. So, or submissives well, being a service technically top. Technically, we're Is both it the switches. Same? We're both both SM switches. We're both SM switches, so when it comes to the actual physical doing Mm -hmm. of things. But she's dominant. We're just not, like you were saying yesterday in your class, we're not comfortable with the terms master-slave. Right. Uh, I'm not really submissive. She is definitely dominant. Mm -hmm. Well, they're just not our words. (laughs) It's the same thing. It's just words. We're we're, we're playing around with words. And like every other relationship, it's all tailored to your individual needs and tastes. Mm -hmm. So is service top, is that... A title, or is it an action? I think it's an action, but it's also a a mindset. When I go into any situation, I see myself as a servant leader. Mm-hmm. You know, if I go into NLA as president, I say, "How can I serve this organization? What can I do to be of benefit here?" And most of the time, how I am of benefit is by being in control, being a dominant, being a leader, being an organizer. Um, Your strengths, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it's using your strengths and and Mm -hmm. your, yeah, your strengths in service. Right. I'm I'm constantly in service. Right. And yet I'm almost always dominant. Right. So So that's how I I see service topping is um, an extension of that servant leadership into an SMC. Okay. Now, so let's, let's, if I came to you and said, boy, I can sure use good flogging. Mm-hmm. Here, here's a flogger. Flog my ass. Okay. Okay. In a, in a more, okay? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let me pause the recording right now. And then, that's, wait, wait. <laughs> that, that's, that's pretty much my rule. And I'm, now I'm saying this for everybody's going to know it. But if you, if you have the guts to walk up to me and say, will you play with me? Unless I've got a really, really good reason, I'm going to say yes. 
because I feel like the universe sent you to me for some reason. Mm-hmm. There's something that you need from me, and I'm going to do my best to provide it. And that's one of my gifts is kind of being able to see what somebody actually needs from me. Not so much what they want, but what they really need from me. But then is there no distinction between play for the sake of play <coughs> and play as a service topping as a spiritual practice? Well, for me, it's always a spiritual practice. Whether it is for the bottom or not, that's up to them. It doesn't really matter to me. If I'm serving the good, mm-hmm. then what they get out of it is their business. Right. Hmm. So let's, let me talk about ser- spiritual practice a little bit then. Mm-hmm. Are you recreating a crucifix where God was on, uh, Jesus on the crucifix? <laughs> that tells you what I know about religion. <laughs> that one guy with the mirror, he was on the crucifix. The sacrifice of the God. No, no, no. Yeah, I mean, does, is it, is it, when you say spiritual practice, are you bringing mm-hmm. your religion into my flogging mm-hmm. scene? Not not specifically, no. Um, Master Skip talks about archetypes. Have you taken his archetypes no. class? No, but I know He, he does the Carolyn Meese archetypes. Um, and somebody else in, um, in Lee Harrington's anthology book on spirituality that I was also in, somebody wrote a piece about <clears throat> embodying the archetype that the person needs to interact with mm-hmm. during the scene. And... Well, I'm, I'm very derivative. I'm quoting all these different people. But um, in Master Skip's Qualities of a Master, he talks about um, standing in a bottom's projections. And how I see that is you're the holodeck. You're the blank screen on which they project the archetype they need to interact with for that scene. And so if they need to interact with a scary pagan god, I'm going to embody that. Mm-hmm. If they need to interact with an all-loving, motherly embodiment, then I can do that, too. That just speaks to me. We've actually done that before with someone that's come up to us and said, this is what I need to process something, mm-hmm. and wanted us to co-top them mm-hmm. at DO, mm-hmm. and um, kind of gave us a little thing of what they wanted to do. And that's when I can co-top. When that spiritual stuff mm-hmm. kicks in, that's when I can co-top. It's rare that I can top at all. Mm-hmm. But when that kicks and speaks to me, that so that's very much a service, and uh, that's how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. So I feel that all the time, though. Yeah. Every scene, even if it's a playful... Oh, we did a scene a few weeks ago that uh, we were doing to country music and we were dancing around <laughs> in our boots and acting like a fool and but it was still a spiritual thing there was still that connection and and you said about bringing religion into the scene i don't think that you can get and i'm not talking about religion i'm talking about spirituality mm-hmm. uh, and there's a distinct difference and we're not going to get into that i think everybody knows the difference <laughs> but yes my spirituality has been brought into the scene because i can't come without it it's right. part of me and it's right. always there um, it doesn't mean that you have to believe what I believe, but it doesn't matter what you believe, there's still going to be something in you that's important, something that can be enlightened or brought to the surface or released or whatever it is that you need. And I believe that people's vision of God is parallel to their vision of what they think the highest self is for themselves and vice versa. And for me, Uh, I've been heavily influenced by Neil Donald Walsh in the Conversations with God books. And one thing that he says in there is that his vision of God is that God needs nothing, wants nothing, requires nothing, and therefore is constantly available to be nothing but love for everybody. There's no jealousy, there's no anger, there's just the love because God is perfect because God doesn't have needs. Mm -hmm. And so for me, when I'm channeling God or my spirit through a scene, it's not about my needs because I don't have needs. I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm just this conduit ready to serve. Mm-hmm. I like that. I do too. That's After very talking neat. about this, it's going to be like, oh, I'm going to become a top. I think I'm, I can embrace that. Because I've thought I, about it before, I'm, actually, with the priestess mode and mm-hmm. the people that come to us and stuff. i got to tell you, they a lot of submissives or people that need to bottom will come to you and knowing that you're in a little letter person. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have no agenda. You're safer. You're, you're no agenda. You're not going to try to enslave them or call them or anything. You're not trying to get a relationship with them. You're completely safe. And so I, I do. I get a lot of people, and surprise, you'd be surprised how many dominants come to us. And you know what? I just need a bottom. I want to feel. I want to experience this. Mm-hmm. I just you know I need something from this. I don't want to do it in a public scene, but I need this. And so that, too, is a service, and everybody has mm-hmm. their needs. And so, yeah, it's, it's, all, it's all about service. 
top, bottom. I can see that yeah. all the way around. Life Bounce is about service. service. Yeah. Everybody is in service to something. You're either in service to a higher power, you're in service to your partner, you're in service to your kids, to your job, to your government. Everybody is in some kind of service. Mm -hmm. And um, Slave Master in Born Slaves talks about how some people are designed to be in service to the higher power via another person. Mm -hmm. And he considers that spiritual slavery. And other people are destined to be in service to the higher power directly. And they're not slaves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I liked him. That's, and this, <laughs> so I, I totally agree with Dawn. This is actually... Fuck the podcast. This is yeah. wonderful stuff for me. And this would be like teary-eyed here. Yes. It's like oh, this just speaks. For, for me, this becomes part two of. Mm -hmm. We did a podcast uh, a few months ago with. Uh, actually, I take that back. We were on Lee Harrington's podcast along with Molina Williams. The topic mm -hmm. was just say yes. And I've been trying to develop this just say yes attitude. Mm -hmm. If if boy Chris came up to me and said, "Hey, I want to play," you know, well, you don't count. If a stranger came up to me and said, hey, do you want to play? And this happens to me mm -hmm. all the time. I don't know if it happens to you guys. But when you're presenting, you go around, mm -hmm. people come up to you and say, do you want to play? And it's like, and I often, I don't want to play with strangers. I make a rotten swinger. Mm -hmm. Because unless I have a connection to you, I have no interest in playing with you. It's, it can't be just physical. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like you found a way to open and easily tap into becoming that spiritual vessel that allows you to play with other people. I completely lack that mm -hmm. um, to that instantly can make mm -hmm. that connection. But when you do play with somebody, it does open up. You know, it does seem to mm -hmm. open up for him once right. he makes that commitment. But it's just and, take that and, first step. That first step to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to be open-minded about this. That maybe what I see from this person isn't necessarily what's really there. And so maybe I'm going to make this connection. A lot of times at first we think, I'm not sure I want to do this. Mm -hmm. But then I'll, usually it's the ones that I have the most resistance to that in the end end up being the most profound and the most meaningful to me. Um, the ones that I, I feel like I, I was kind of picked just because I happened to be there or mm -hmm. whatever. Um, it, it does. It, it's, it's more fulfilling to me sometimes because not only am I, I I'm glad that I did what I needed to do, but I feel kind of proud of myself that I just proved to myself that I can trust the universe that's going to send me what I need. Everything that I need is provided for me. There is enough for everybody. And the universe is going to, to put in my path the things that I need. And it's going to put you in the path of people who need you. Exactly. Oh, didn't that just happen over the last couple of days, even though it wasn't a play scene? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Somebody in one of our workshops. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. We were sitting right behind her. Yeah. Oh, about? that's right. Yeah, yes. we were sitting right behind. In right. fact, oh my you, gosh. We, we got up and I walked over to you and you went and sat next to her and I said, I'm glad he did that because if he hadn't, I was going to. Uh -huh. And we just we had conversations with, mm -hmm. with And to respect, then, we yeah. want to respect people then and, yes. and all this, but you know, to have somebody start mm -hmm. off their event in our workshop with. Distress. Under distress. And then by the end of this weekend, you know. Um, she's reached out to us and mm -hmm. said, you know, thank you. This is exactly oh, what great. I needed for the next step. We saw her last night. We passed her last night in the hall. She looks great. Her yeah. shoulders are down. She's relaxed. She looks happier. He's smiling. She, yes, he's all yes. happy. Oh, yeah. He's thrilled. So, yeah, so that definitely exact same thing. You were mm -hmm. in service. You were a service to her. And mm -hmm. you were open to her. Mm -hmm. I mean, you went and actively sought her out and, and talked to her. It's so neat, though, and to transcribe that in not in a scene, but in life, that's who I am. Yes. I'm quite, and I realize that's who I'm supposed to be. Yes, you know, when that's people come up to me, to us, yeah, don't be selfish with your time. Mm -hmm. Be generous with your time and your right. energy. And if people come to you and they say, "I," you know, they don't they don't say these words, but what they're saying is, "I see something, some spark in you." that speaks to me and I need to explore it mm -hmm. to be able to stop and say my time isn't that damn precious that I'm going to go you know I have to go get a cup of coffee I'm going to stop mm -hmm. and share that with you so this is this to me is just fantastic because I can I do that already mm -hmm. out of the scene so you're saying actually I can just take that same oh yeah thing and do it within a it's scene it's all about living living service to the universe 24/7 mm -hmm. that whatever happens to you it's there for you to be of service to somebody or something are you ever concerned that because these types of scenes, do you feel that these types of scenes are more intense mm -hmm. than just paleo-physical scenes? 
Well, they don't have to be. I mean, sometimes what somebody needs is just to laugh and relax. Um, the universe doesn't always send us deadly, dull, serious stuff. I mean, sometimes they send, people get sent to Chris all the time because he's funny and he cheers people up. I'm a certified laughter yoga leader. And so I am. Nice. I am. Nice. Um, I, I didn't, yes, I will do laughter yoga for fun. If you've got an hour or some space and more than five people, we're good to go. Um, and laughteryoga.org, you can find all about, all about it. And so I, the last few years, I've been trying to incorporate the laughter yoga into the kink stuff. And some of the best scenes ever are the ones where you're laughing your ass off. You just, you know, you get the funny thing going, the teasing. And some of the, like you were talking about, the sensual humiliation, some of that would be funny mm -hmm. also. So, yeah, and, and the thing is, is when we beat people, we're playing with the chemicals in their brains. We're playing with those endorphins. We're getting mm -hmm. them going, right? Laughter does the same thing, the same chemicals, but it adds in the serotonin, the body's natural antidepressant. Hmm. So you get the double whammy from the laughter. So if I can get the, successfully incorporate the two into a scene, it's going to be all the more intense. It's going to mm -hmm. have more of those good brain chemicals flooring around in there. Hmm. Yeah, I'm sitting here thinking we need to figure out how to do some laughing on the way home because con drop tomorrow is going to be a bitch. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> End of the podcast. Talk to me. I'll tell okay. you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. In my essay, um, Service Topping is a Spiritual Practice, which um, got second place in the NLA Writing Awards this year, oh, which I'm very right. excited Yay. about. Um, it was uh, got the honorable mention for nonfiction, Cynthia Slater Nonfiction Article of the Year. Nice. And one of the stories that I tell in that essay is we were at IMSL and we were going through the speed mixer and I had come into that with a fairly rigid idea of the type of person I was looking for to play with that weekend. And that type of person was just not appearing. And I was getting more and more frustrated and frustrated. I was talking to all these people who were just had needs and needs and needs and not what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And it struck me finally, and Chris helps me with this, um, that maybe this day is not about me and what I want. <laughs> that maybe I'm here in order to be a top for somebody who needs top mm -hmm. and that completely shifted my head around mm -hmm. and I let Chris pick out two people that he thought would benefit and we had two great scenes we had a blast nice. and that for me was the beginning of opening to to being aware that the universe is going to send me fun stuff if I just get out of the way and stop hanging on to well my individual, selfish, personal, well, who do I want to play with? Who do I think is hot? Uh -huh. Well, you know um, what's interesting in that, too, is that my, my brain's going around and, and just how I've played with other people because I don't look for people to top. Mm -hmm. But I have had been a service bottom. Mm-hmm. You know, people that are training and learning. And I love thing. to be that palette that they can just play with and they're a new dom and they're a new top and we did that recently with someone wanting to learn single tail you know and just being that service bottom and that's wonderful that's, that helps mm -hmm. people need like people need people to play with like that when they're first learning because they need that feedback they need that positive yeah. feedback and you need an experienced bottom to be able to give you that positive feedback so it's really great when you have a new couple and they're new to the lifestyle and they're new mm -hmm. to playing and everything but you really do need somebody with experience to give you to tell you, you know, that was great, but if you kind of move it here a little bit, yeah. or, you know, that was really good, but kind of watch out for the nape of my neck there, mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. So it's it's important to have an experienced body. I love, I so love that's doing a huge that. service, and a lot of people would benefit I love from that doing service. That. I'm available, by the way. Great. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a service tops and service bottoms. Yeah, and everybody so I have service top before. You know, I can picture a, a scene where um, someone had, was ours and wanted to play, and Dan was wiped out. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, she's been good to us she she needs this she needs this how about if i go do this mm -hmm. you know and i took her into the other room and that's what and it just it just and like i said i don't usually top like i said i got the chills mm -hmm. but it just really felt you know put her into a goddess position mm -hmm. and just you know it just kind of i have no clue where the stuff came it from it just flows through you Absolutely. when you allow it to you know yeah. exactly what we're talking about and i do when chills. we first started talking about it in terms of being service top, mm -hmm. um, sometimes I would get a little prickly about people's reaction to that. Well, you're not a real top. You're a service top. Mm -hmm. But the more enjoyment I started to get out of it, the less I cared about that. And now I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> love, love. This is all good. 
This is all about me and my path. I'm making notes in my own little Okay, well, tell us. Oh, we're going to have stuff to talk about. We're going to have stuff to talk about on the way home. I know. Wow. um, Thinking. thinking. He's doing a podcast. (laughs) As he's staring at the ceiling looking for the words. He's got a really (laughs) profound look on his face. Have you ever had a situation where... You're on this path, and you said, "Oh!" And somebody comes up and says, "Oh, I want to play with you." And you're like, "Okay, wonderful! I'll do my service top thing." And mm-hmm. you get started, and spirit doesn't show up. It doesn't mm-hmm. flow. You don't channel. You end mm-hmm. up. You open the door, and nobody's home. <laughs> Sometimes that happens. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and is that scary, or is that just the way it is, or does that give you shake your confidence? What? what how do you deal with something like that? Do you that? quit the scene? Yeah. Uh, for me, I just fall back on my general topping skills and give them a, a scene that seems to, to be what they want. And mm-hmm. I just trust that if it's not there, that it's not there for a reason. Um, it's not my business to know why it is or isn't there at any moment. I don't have to know that. Because you don't know if it's there for because, them or not either. Because right. you're not ego-invested in it. Right. We're not ego-invested in it. I'm not... I'm not Starting this with a certain outcome in mind. Mm-hmm. They, they, I, I'm starting this just to see where it's going to go. It's like when I go to, to switch implements, because I'm into heavy impact. That's what I do is the heavy impact stuff. When I go to switch implements, a lot of times I'm not even looking at them. My hand just goes oh, yeah. to the next right. one that it should, mm-hmm. and it flows up. And yeah, it, I'm, not, I'm not trying to go someplace. I'm just seeing where we're going. Right. Um, they give me a general mm-hmm. direction, and I push us off towards that direction. But I'm not going to be paddling like crazy on the boat trying to get it to this shore or that shore. Yeah. We're going to let the river take us where it takes us. Mm-hmm. And I just have to have confidence that they're going to get whatever it was they need or wanted out of the scene, mm-hmm. even if it's just a few bruises. You know, and mm-hmm. that's why that, that whole um, example, I'll have people ask me, well, well, what, well, how do you know what comes next? How do you know, you know, how long do you paddle and then how long do you do this? So how long, you know, yeah. what, what do you have to do in order to raise the energy? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, we can't tell you that. It's intuitive. Mm-hmm. Channel oh, and there and are some things you can. Oh, well, it's just basic topping skills. You know, watching the body signs of the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when the breathing gets rhythmic and calm, then you can kind of think, well, maybe they're kind of getting to that place. If they're breathing shallow and heavy, you know, they're they're probably still struggling with it. And so I think that it is a lot of intuition. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. There's yeah. a lot of intuition in there. But I also think that part of it is reading those subtle signals from the bottom, mm-hmm. and because they, they can tell you what they want, but they're really going to have to show you what they need. Mm-hmm. I, I think for myself, for when, for, not, for my own topping, I've, my favorite uh, lesson in that was it's actually a, a Dizzy Gillespie quote. Oh, it's yeah. uh, master your instrument, then forget all that shit and just play. Mm-hmm. You yes, know? exactly. And, and, and there's certain toys that I've at this point I don't think about. I don't I don't have to think about how to use them. Mm-hmm. They know how to be used in my hand. Right. So let me ask you one last question then, if you don't mind. Do you guys have any toys like that? That it's not just you know, the connection between you and me is the top and the bottom, mm-hmm. but also there are certain toys that you know, these are the toys. And, and uh, Lee Harrington talks a lot about this, about having what, in his, his terminology, is ritual. Um, no, alt, what's the alt? Your, your affirmation on the altar is called a. Oh. Ritual tool. Yeah, ritual tool. A, a key. I call it a key, you know, something that. Four days after this podcast oh. published, I'll remember the word that I wanted to But do you have certain toys that mm-hmm. speak to you to say, yes, you know, maybe mm-hmm. uh, this is what you need for this scene? Hmm. I don't think I have any specific toys or tools that way. Um, what about you, Chris? I, I, I actually do. Um, some of my favorite, I, I love my sap gloves, the, the weighted gloves, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I, I like that I do the heavy impact and the punching and stuff, but I also like it because it's the contact and the yeah. cost of contact. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's a few. I, we've got this vicious, vicious flogger, and for our heavy pain sluts or the people that just really want to push it over the edge, it's, it's rubber and it's serrated to points on each end of every fall, and it's a really mean, vicious thing. But it doesn't have to be used that way. Stop panting there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, eyes are glazing over at it's this a, point. Yeah. Yes. But it, it's kind of, it's very versatile, that, not like versatile toys. And it's very versatile in that you can do it very lightly and it's still sensual, but it can take somebody as far, either end, as far as they need to go. And I, I don't know why that one's special to me, but it really. 
really is, and it tends to be my finisher okay. most of the time. Um, but really, it's our bare hands. Mm -hmm. Hands are really the tools. Yeah. 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 We like that connection. Um, I used to, I don't, not so much now, but I used to play a lot with rubber bands. Because if you pop a rubber band on somebody's back, it feels just like a single tail. Mm -hmm. But you get that hands-on while you do it. And right. You can make little patterns and designs with it and all kinds of pictures. And that's a lot of fun. But uh, you're right, it's our hands. We like hands, that connection. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We like floggers. Um, I do a little bit of single tail, but not so much. There's that distance there. Yeah. But you know what? And, and I know I said, but I have one more question okay. that struck me mm -hmm. as really important in this kind of play or mm -hmm. this kind of this kind of scene, mm -hmm. right? Is negotiations ever a problem? Because if you're being led by spirits, if you're being ridden, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. then does negotiation counter what you intuitively feel is the appropriate direction to go? To a point, but we don't. If somebody says this is a hard limit, then it's a hard limit, and we absolutely respect that. Um, you know, we lay out the toys. We say, is there anything here that you don't want us to use? And if they say so, then that goes away. It doesn't get used. So they already know ahead of time. Um, not so much, really. People are usually pretty open to whatever we have to offer, and what we do physically is pretty basic. I mean, flogging, caning, I mean, basic stuff, so mm -hmm. it's not over the edge. Um, and we're pretty safe players. We, we do lots of warm-up and that kind of thing if they need it. Mm -hmm. So I, negotiation really isn't. When I negotiate, I want to know more about what they want to feel and where they want to go. Exactly. Um, I don't spend a lot of time talking about what implements do you like or not like because, well, as experienced players know, any implement can be hard or soft. Mm -hmm. Any implement can give a wide range of sensation. So I'm not so interested in what implements they want to play with or not. I want to know, you know, do you want to have fun? Do mm -hmm. you want catharsis? What in general do you want to come away feeling from this? And right. then I'll take that broad information and I'll put something together that'll go. So, so what if I say, because sometimes I don't know. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I know I may want a cathartic scene, but then again, I'm also open to spirit giving me what it thinks I need. Mm -hmm. So if I came to you and said, you know, I'm really not sure, mm -hmm. just go with it. Okay, then Would I you just be go with it. it. Okay, so let's go. Because I know some tops don't like that, you know. Mm -hmm. I know me, if I topped, I would want a little more information than that mm -hmm. because I, I'm mm -hmm. not That's confident so enough as a top, mm -hmm. you know. The main thing but. is the feedback from the bottom, and this is for anybody who plays. The, if you have a bottom that's up there that does not move, does not make a sound, does not give you any feedback whatsoever, it's very difficult mm -hmm. to see where you're going with it. You don't know, you know what you're doing with it. So it's important that the bottom take a little bit of responsibility for the scene also mm -hmm. and give feedback. Cool. Mm -hmm. Well, this just is not enough. <laughs> I've gone through. <laughs> I've, done, I've gone through one, three, one last question three times now. So I want to go see you present this class, Service Top as a Spiritual Practice. Where are you going to be presenting it at? We are going to be in uh, Southwest Leather Conference in January, mm -hmm. Phoenix, in Phoenix, and then we're going to present the same workshop again at Beyond Leather in April. In Fort Lauderdale. Yay. In Fort Lauderdale. Fantastic. So we'll and, see you at Beyond Leather. And you mentioned <laughs> you mentioned an essay earlier. Is that available for public consumption? Yes. Um, I my essay service topping as a spiritual practice is available for free on Fet Life. You can find me there at Lady underscore Elsa, and you can read the whole book. Um, there's a link to the being able to buy the book there on mm -hmm. Fet Life as well. Um, the book itself was oh. I'm drawing a blank Spirit on of Desire. Spirit of Desire, thank you. An anthology. Um, Personal Explorations of Sacred Kink, edited by Lee Harrington. Correct. Fabulous book, um, definitely worth the read. And my essay is the last one in the book. Fabulous. And if I wanted you to come out and present somewhere, maybe in June of 2012, Hint, hint, hint. hint. Where can I get a hold of you? Uh, you can contact me at Elsa at LadyElsa.com, or I'm also on Fat Life. You can send me a message there. Okay. And you'd mentioned the Andromeda group. Right. They have a web presence or some way I can learn more about them? Um, Andromeda is also on Fat Life and also has a Yahoo group, um, Andromeda Indie. I think there may be an underscore. Andromeda BDSM. Thank you. AndromedaBDSM.com. Okay. Yes. There's a website that's currently...
being redesigned because I recently gave up ownership of Andromeda and the new people are still putting together their website. But in the meantime, um, you can find Andromeda on FatLife or send me a message there and I can hook you up with the Yahoo group. Okay. And laughter yoga. Laughteryoga.org. It really exists. It really exists. It's all over the world. Um, we'll have to talk about it after the podcast some more. But yeah, there's over 70,000 people involved in laughter groups. 770. Yeah, 7,700. Yeah. Well, Oprah Winfrey did it on her show. And if you go to laughteryoga.org, go find a club. There are, oh gosh, hundreds of them just in the United States alone. And it's worldwide. It started in Mumbai, India. And that's a whole other podcast we're not going to do. But yes, laughteryoga.org. It's a wonderful thing. And I totally believe in it. And the mission statement for them is world peace through laughter. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Well, Lady Elsa, boy, Chris, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Thanks for having us. And, um... It's always a pleasure to have, to actually, this is one of the joys of being a podcaster. We've passed each other in the hallway for five-minute conversations <laughs> a dozen times. But we, now we've got you in our room and we've got you to sit down and talk for a while. So that's fantastic for us. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you, guys. Thank you. Now, about that flogging you promised me, I'm a really light touch. I'd like to start something very soft. your product, event, charity, or service as the first thing listeners hear about on our podcast, make a donation to the podcast for the 10-second front bump on our show that reaches listeners from around the world. What a bargain. Contact us at Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. Or don't. I'm almost out of voices. <laughs> Did you know you can buy the new highly acclaimed book, Living a Mess by Dan and Dawn, or the even newer Sex Stories and Power Exchange? by Dan and Dawn, or support them by buying Erotic Awakening t-shirts, messenger bags, or coffee mugs. All items can be found by simply visiting the shop and support page of the Erotic Awakening website. Any dollar and 20 cents we make from anything sold on the site goes directly back into the continuing educational mission of Erotic Awakening. You can also buy books by Dan and Dawn at fine retailers such as Gar's Rope or The King Shop. <laughs> Yay! And finally, music heard on the Erotic Awakening is provided by the Pocket Universe for the music that the has been crafted, designed for scenes that range from the central to dynamic BDSM. You thought I was just going to do it straight. <laughs> I fucked it all up. Uh, you will immediately go visit the www.pocketuniversemusic.com if you want to. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dan.